This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week we're heading to a TV station that works in a very unprofessional and <laughs> random fashion. It's identical opposites. This TV show has no researchers. Oh like, my god. Does it have any <laughs> staff other than like panicky looking cameramen and the presenter? Who even knows? It's a shit show. <laughs> Is it partly broadcast live? Is it partly recorded? Who oh, the hell knows? I feel like most TV in Sweet Valley High, both the TV series and the books, like is live. Everything goes out live <laughs> just for maximum impact and drama and ridiculousness. Just going to say, I'm sorry this wasn't an opportunity to bring back Frankly Speaking. Oh, same. Yeah. But... Um... But uh, sadly, it is not. Can you share the quite long blurb? This is the longest blurb we've had in a while. Mm, and you know when they get long, they get it accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, our episode title is Identical Opposites. Uh, and our Wikipedia blurb is Jessica and Elizabeth must pretend to be long lost twin sisters when they appear on the Foxy Jones show. When the fame goes to Jessica's head, Elizabeth and Jessica switch places, as they always do. Elizabeth has fun being Jessica, but can Jessica walk a mile in Elizabeth's shoes? I mean, maybe, but that's not what happens in this episode. Because oh, I, I feel like going into this episode, I had it in my head that like they'd switch places and they're playing each other. Because, you know, we do enjoy yeah. it when they do that, because the twins yeah. are quite good at that. Um and I was kind of waiting for that to happen and it never did. And when I read this, I was like, that's why I thought that's what happened. I was tricked by Wikipedia once again. Oh, well, we should never rely on it. Mean, we should have learned a lesson by now, but hmm. I too expected a proper switcheroo. A switcheroo, yeah. But, uh, it was not unreasonable, but, I didn't think. Who wrote this? Like, <laughs> Oh wow, it's just dawned to me. This is just Wikipedia. We could come in and change things. <gasps> oh my god, all this time we could be getting in there and making corrections. <laughs> if any uh, Pi Beta Alpha sister wants to do that, please be our guest. <laughs> that would be and hilarious. Let, and let us know what you say. Just uh, give us a give us a heads up when you've changed it. Uh, because <laughs> You know, that that is it's it's a public service. This is Wikipedia after True. all. It's meant to be a you know a reliable record and it clearly is not. <laughs> that is not the case for this particular page. <laughs> well, it's not the only reliable, unreliable uh aspect of, of this episode, the blurb, uh, because this is basically everybody is uh, acting in a very chaotic <laughs> Uh, fashion and telling shameless lies right, left and centre. But we begin at the Casadel Wakefield where Jessica is watching her favourite show, Foxy Jones, which is very of its time. Oh, very. It's it's that very like Maury, Sally Jesse Raphael, Jerry Springer. Uh, it's in this vein anyway. This is the vibe we're going for. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say the back of the day when I Absolutely did watch all those shows when oh, they were when they were broadcast. Absolutely. Here. That's quality daytime television right there. So I found out about 9-11 because me and my housemate were bunking <laughs> off work and watching the Jenny Jones show and there was a bit of option. Stop it. <laughs> Sad but true. I mean my parents were never, I'm not trivializing 9-11. My parents were living in Washington, DC at the time and I turned off that deli and ra- um yeah. And uh, actually, I don't think we did turn off the telly, but I rang them straight away. But it is a sort of source of shame. It's like, where were you when that happened? And I'm like, I was watching Jenny Jones. Mm. <laughs> Not quite as, um, yes, yeah, quite the memorable thing you'd want it to be. <laughs> and I have to say, apart from the, the very um, random broadcasting schedule of this show, 
it does seem like the vibe is is accurate uh, when it comes to those 90s early noughties mm. uh, exploit exploitation television true um because liz asks jessica to go to join her for some rollerblading <laughs> So 90s. I love it. I, they do. This is a, they've, they've, they've thrown in rollerblading a few times. It's like, oh, you want to go rollerblading? <laughs> I love it. It's just, it's such a little time capsule of of a time, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, Jessica is uh, is is has no time for for the blades because she's watching some uh, grotesquely exploitative. Um, item about a 600 pound woman and there's lots of pretty noxious fat jokes mm. which we will not uh, yep. report but Liz, Liz rightly says it's shameless exploitation and uh, she's full of praise for Foxy yeah Jessica comes to Foxy's defence uh, she says that she's a serious journalist uh, and provides a forum for people to work their problems out maturely uh, and then you can kind of hear a voice from the television saying you're ruining my life and Jessica turns back to the telly and goes that, that's right punch him in the nose that'll teach him for cheating on you with your mother <laughs> so it's really high quality stuff going on there in this episode <laughs> I mean who am I to judge her for watching really who am I to judge <laughs> who among us has an opportunity taken <laughs> um well, uh, Liz wants to help her plan the cha- uh, the charity car-, car wash she's working on. But Jessica says car washes haven't been cool since the 70s. At the car <laughs> wash. <laughs> Rose Royce knew what was up. <laughs> well, I mean, Jessica, th- this is like the 90s had a lot of 70s revival stuff going on. So really, Liz is kind of, you know, on trend. Mm. Um but she says to Jessica, look, I'm asking you for a favor, sister to sister. But Jessica's uh, answer is no, because uh, Foxy Jones is really dealing with the important issues of the day. That's right. Yes, I think next up she's interviewing teen vampires. Uh, and again, I have absolutely 100% watched one of those TV show episodes about teen vampires or like kids who thought they were vampires or whatever. Like, we've oh, all been God, bet yeah. into items like that. It's like, <laughs> yes. Tell me more. I want to know everything. <laughs> oh well, when Jess, when uh, when Liz uh, walks out in disgust, basically Foxy tells the uh, tells her viewers that she's looking for twins, and it basically says, "If you're a twin, dial this number." Just, just if you're a twin, <laughs> no other criteria necessary. Identical yeah. or not, don't care. Just yeah. want you on the phone. <laughs> Just twins. Yep. I mean, that does not seem like enough, even even for a you know, talk exploitation show <laughs> of the nineties. But I guess Foxy Foxy's kind of a, a you know seedier pants kind of gal. She, she plays just, it fast and loose, and she gets results. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing ideas out there and see what happens. <laughs> well, we cut to the moon beach. Where Enid and uh, is is hanging out with Cheryl and Liz, and is urging them to come to a director's cut of Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> yeah, even though Cheryl's like, haven't you seen that like a million times already? But uh, yeah, apparently the director's cut is, is where you get it really into the nitty gritty of Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> Ten more minutes of meatballs. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, then Lila arrives with the jaunty chow, chow, chow <laughs> and says, has anyone seen a dazed and confused young girl wandering about? And Enid says, I'm right here. And <laughs> I did really enjoy that moment. Me too. Enid is on top form, I feel like, in this one. Like, she she does great with the lines that she's given. <laughs> she does. But Lila doesn't mean Enid. She, uh, she's talking about uh, a new girl in town. Yes, a uh, Kendra Farnsworth, uh, to be mm. specific. Apparently, this girl's dad is the new VP at uh, George Fowler's company. It's like just Fowler Inc. I can't even remember what what they yeah. pretend he does in this <laughs> owning diners. Who even knows? Um, but yes, Lila has agreed to show this new girl around because she doesn't know a soul in town. Um, but of course, Cheryl knows exactly what Lila is like and is immediately like, yes, and you're doing this because your dad is going to get you. What exactly? <laughs> so, uh, of course, Lila's motive is uh, is more to do with fashion because she's doing all, all this good deeds work uh, in exchange for a Capucci outfit. Yes, I feel that Capucci is a fake di- designer that mm. they have mentioned before oh. on the show. Um, but uh, apparently this outfit is more than just an ensemble. It's a religious experience. <laughs> and uh, this Kendra person is lucky to have uh, Lila. But then Kendra comes in and 
as Cheryl points out a few minutes later, there's something very familiar about her. Very much so, because uh, <laughs> hilariously, when Lila walked in just a few minutes ago, she did so with a, a chow, 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 as you said. Whereas this girl walks in and goes, she's introduced to everybody, says, enchanté, enchanté, charmed. <laughs> <laughs> love she says charmed to Liz. Yeah, and it feels like a diss and I don't know why, yeah. but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> well, she tells Edith that she's a precious little thing and Kendra would kill for Edith's tiny pores. And, uh, um, you know, Lila is obviously in charge of Kendra for the afternoon and uh, urges them to, uh, Edith urges them to check out the aquarium, uh, which they don't seem to have heard of, which is quite worrying. They both are very perplexed. Yeah, both Lila and Kendra kind of in unison go aquarium. Um, but uh, yeah, Cheryl chimes in helpfully and explains that it's a big building filled with fish. <laughs> and Kendra says that sounds good because she's got a yen for some ch- a she- seared tuna salad. Surprisingly hard to say. Uh, but then uh, she can't go to the aquarium because uh, she's um, she's got to take a rain check. Yes, uh, her alpha is double parked and she's apparently late for a tint with Yoshi. So hmm. there you go. She's out of here. As soon as she arrived, she's back out that door. So, uh, yeah, after she runs off, Cheryl asks asks the others if she reminds them of anyone. But Lila is not impressed by the newcomer. Oh, my God. Lila, yeah, takes against this girl immediately, <laughs> even though she is essentially a Lila clone. Uh, but yeah, Lila's like, I don't know, but there is something about that girl that I don't like. <laughs> well then Jessica arrives and says guess who's going on Foxy Jones tomorrow and Edith says biker grandmas who need makeovers and Lila's like no they were on yesterday <laughs> so good <laughs> and uh, Jessica reveals the truth and I have to say again uh, she delivers this she is really holding her comedic chops she delivers this line so well Oh, yes, because she says that she'll give them a hint uh, and says that one is the most powerful girl in Sweet Valley and the other, she kind of takes a pause and looks at Liz and goes, she's good at math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the others obviously uh, get who she's talking about and they are very excited. Uh, But Liz is horrified and and is... um, it's just like, how, what, how did this happen? And mm. Jessica, again, delivers this really well. It's like, the producer called. And Liz is like, how, why? How did the producer call you? And Jessica's like, oh, at least we're on the phone together. I don't remember how it happened. <laughs> it's genuinely funny. It is very good. Yeah, it's just very like, oh, you know, it just kind of happened all of a sudden. I had no control over the situation. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. It's only details. <laughs> so um, Liz is obviously not up for this uh, mm. this TV appearance, but the others are very, you know, they they really want her own friends want her to do it. Yeah, everyone else, everyone else is very on board with this whole idea. Uh, Lila explains that being invited onto Foxy Jones show uh, is like being invited to Buckingham Palace for brunch. Really? Because it looks like a very, very low budget, unglamorous affair. Yeah, it seems pretty trashy in fairness. <laughs> but uh, she eventually turns to Cheryl, who's normally the voice of reason in fairness. But even Cheryl holds up her hands and she's like, sorry, I'm a total foxaholic. So uh, Liz is very much on her own here. <laughs> and Jessica points out that they'll get paid in a huge shopping spree. Uh, so I guess they got some vouchers or something. But um Liz isn't persuaded by that, but she does have an idea and tells Jessica that she'll do it if Jessica takes part in this charity car wash. Uh Jessica agrees. She does, although she does uh, stipulate that she's not going anywhere near any of the water. So she'll work like the cash desk uh, and not be involved in any of the actual donkey work of cleaning cars. (laughs) But that's enough for Liz. Mm. So we cush to Sweet Valley High, where Lila, in a uh, in a pink checked ensemble, approaches Edith, Cheryl, and Kendra. And Kendra's wearing a very familiar outfit herself. I oh god! I actually paused and went back when Lila turned up in this outfit. It was just amazing. I love it so much. <laughs> and then of course realized like a few seconds even too late because I was so fixated on Lila that yes, Kendra is wearing the exact same outfit but in a different color. Because uh, it's like this sort of Lila's in like pink plaid and I'm it's like a a two piece, isn't it? It's like a skirt yeah. and a, a top, a little suit, a little suit like skirt suit. Um, oh god, it's so good with like a matching bag uh, and there's really big like pink lapels on the top. 
uh, and on the cuffs as well. It's fucking great. And then it kind of pans across. And yeah, Kendra is wearing the exact same thing, but in blue. Uh, but they both just look amazing. I loved it so much. <laughs> it's fantastic. And Edith, Lila is uh, is full of hot gossip on some randomers that we've never heard of. But uh, <laughs> no sooner has she spilled the beans on some sort of sensational goings on in Sweet Valley High, Kendra already has a more up-to-date version. Um, we're sort of like, oh, haven't you heard? And uh, Lila is not impressed, though the others are. Well, this is it, yeah, because I suppose Lila thought she had the hot gossip, but yeah, Kendra was one step ahead every time, very annoyingly for Lila. So, uh, yeah, when I think uh, Enid is really impressed by uh, by Kendra's sudden depth of knowledge about everybody yeah. in Sweet Valley, uh, she's real impressed. Uh, so she's just like, my God, you know everything. Uh, and Kendra, and in fairness to Kendra, she is quite good and again, does quite a good line delivery. Yeah, uh, but she, <laughs> she points does. out that, uh, you know, as the ancient uh, Farnsworth family crest states, talk is cheap, but cheap talk is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> she's not wrong. <laughs> She struts off and Lila says that gossip is an ugly habit and that outfit <laughs> and Cheryl and Edith just exchange very meaningful glances. <laughs> it's great. Well, we cut to the studio and Jessica is late. <laughs> but Edith says, Edith's there too. And Edith uh, tells Liz not to worry because Jessica would come out of a coma to be on TV. It's and... true. Like, she's got a point. <laughs> and, uh, Foxy appears and she's quite the diva. Oh my God. Yes, Foxy is quite brusque off screen. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> she turns up and Enid is super excited because she's such a big fan. And she's like, oh my God, Foxy, it's you. Uh, and Foxy just gives her a look and she's like, are you a twin? And Enid kind of starts babbling. She's like, well, technically no. People say I look like Punky Brewster. <laughs> but Foxy just kind of cuts her off. She does. Like when she said it, I was like, damn, she is not wrong. <laughs> but Foxy just cuts her off very rudely. And she's like, right, well, then get out of my face. Uh, and just kind of pulls Liz uh, onto set with her. Because, like, as far as Liz is concerned, Jessica's nowhere to be seen. It's like two minutes to air on this randomly live TV show. <laughs> and now she's being dragged on stage by Foxy with no idea what's going on. This whole production is an absolute shambles. It really is. Uh, because, yeah, it seems, as you, as you say, to be broadcast live. <laughs> but um, they, with no prep or makeup, as far as I can see, uh, she, but Liz is dragged onto the soundstage, and Foxy goes through the the conditions of the of the show. Tells her that if she gets up in a fight, it's fists only because the insurance doesn't cover injuries caused by chairs. <laughs> and tells her if you have to cry, do it on air. Mm. Yeah, don't go and wasting your tears in uh, in the commercial break. So Foxy gets her money's worth out of these guests. She does, but uh, like with barely a second to spare, they're clearly broadcasting to the nation. Sweet Valley is this show syndicate. I mean, who knows what's going on? Uh, but Jessica's nowhere to be seen. And then Foxy addresses the camera and says, uh, today we're talking to a lovely young woman, Elizabeth Wakefield, and asks Liz, why are you here? And Liz is like, because uh, I'm a twin, because she has no idea what's going on. But then Foxy says they've got a surprise for her. Oh, God, yes. And she reveals, uh, here is Jessica, your twin, who apparently Liz hasn't seen since they were separated at birth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is all news to Liz, of course. <laughs> it certainly is. And Jessica struts out and puts, out, puts on a big show of being like moved and overwhelmed at the sight of her long lost twin sister and again like the comedy uh <laughs> delivery is is just great from jessica because she keeps staring at uh, she stares at liz and keeps saying it's like looking in a mirror but she keeps addressing all the remarks to the camera <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful yeah she does all this like stroking liz's hair but then like yeah beaming to camera as she does so and like pulls liz in for a hug but again with her face in camera <laughs> She's an expert. <laughs> so uh, she's uh, she is great, and we're we're then told, or Foxy reveals that Liz has come from Long Island. <laughs> is this a Margot homage? <laughs> we could only hope. <laughs> and then they cut to break because American Telly is is unhinged. <laughs> 
truly. <laughs> it's like everything's live and it ad breaks every two seconds. Uh, but yeah, of course, once they go to break, Liz is furious because she's just like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? Jessica pleads innocence and says she has no idea that, that this was what was going to happen. And Liz is like, do you really expect me to believe that? Because yeah, obviously she doesn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jessica insists that national t- television is no place to make a scene. So I guess it is a nationally shown oh, yeah. TV show. <laughs> What is happening? I suppose Sweet Valley is technically pretty close to LA, so they could have just driven up for the day. Oh, that's true. They you could. Know? It's not like a the local. It's the not local, like frankly speaking affair. The local Power Rangers studio. <laughs> But also the idea that any of these shows would be live, which would be, you know, a lawsuit waiting oh to happen and a libel case. Well, I guess in America that's harder, but yeah, mm. it's uh, they're asking us to to buy a lot here. But I mean, it's not the most yeah. ridiculous thing they've asked to believe. So I guess we can roll with it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not much to to suspend our disbelief for. In fairness, so we uh, it, the the show comes back because yes, there is an ad break every five seconds, but also the ad breaks are short <laughs> and. Um, Foxy asks the twins, you know, what, what, do they have anything in common, these long lost sisters? So asks each of them, like, what's the most important thing in your life? And Liz goes first and says, uh, yeah, well, I guess it's, you know, it's my friends. I mean, it wouldn't be your family because your parents yeah, are nowhere to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jessica says, yes, I'd have to say friends. And then does she say, and Seinfeld? Yeah, no, it took me a second, but yeah, she's like, well, is it because the way Liz words it, she says friends, I guess. And then Jessica says, yeah, I'd have to say friends too. And Seinfeld. So Jess is talking about the show Friends. Oh, the show. (laughs) Just picking up wrong what what Liz was saying. (laughs) In my brain, I just think it's like it's a pre-Friends era, but of course it isn't. It's like the height of Friends. I know. It took me a second. Exactly. It took me a second as well. I was like, oh God, we are in the same era as Friends now. It just, yeah, it still just feels like it's always like 1992 or something on this show. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow, Jessica, I guess, yeah, I mean, Seinfeld was very popular. Maybe she just loves it so much. (laughs) Well, uh, Liz also says uh, when she's asked what her best quality is, she says she's a good listener. And Foxy's like, oh, I bet Jessica the same way. And Jessica again delivers this very nicely, just goes, huh? (laughs) (laughs) She's kind of preening slightly and yeah, Yeah. kind of looks around saying, what? <laughs> it's very good. And then they can, it's a phone in. <laughs> Suddenly there's a caller on the line. This show is chaos, lads. I don't even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, and his question is, uh, says to Liz, what's your sign? She says Pisces. Now we know that's not true. Now, I had to look this up because, yeah, I know the twins are Gemini, but apparently yes. that was established in the book Last Wish, which hadn't come out <gasps> at the point that this show was out. Oh, shit. Now, I'm open to correction on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the way these things worked, that like this was out before the book that established <laughs> their book. Because I swear to God, our listeners have like forensic knowledge <laughs> that we miss sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, I would have always been like, oh, but the twins are Gemini. What's this? But yeah, apparently now that fact hadn't been established yet. So, oh, okay. Well, well, I'll t- I take back my harsh judgment. But uh, when Jessica says, or when Liz says Pisces, Jessica's like, oh, me too. It's <laughs> <laughs> also quite funny. Yeah, even Foxy is kind of like, okay, this bitch is too much. <laughs> and that seems to be it for this extremely random and odd little item. That <laughs> I can't believe you had a show where it was like, Twin sisters, an item on a show that was twin. Twi- in fact, the whole show, as far as mm. I can tell, it seems to be about five minutes long, but it was like separated to twin sisters that you to- ask them two questions about their interests and then open it up to a call in. Like it's. <laughs> Foxy, I mean, I'm starting to doubt your serious journalist credentials here. Same. Yeah, I have some questions about Foxy's qualifications. <laughs> But uh, when they finish, Jessica says to Liz, that wasn't so bad. And then Foxy has some news. Yeah, she reveals that the network absolutely loved the show, apparently. So Jessica, again, wonderfully is like, oh, tell them I'm available for movie of the week and pointing at things on game shows and does like all this wonderful kind of like, oh, look at this kind of hand movement. (laughs) It's very good. (laughs) Oh, um, but uh, she... um, uh, Foxy says that uh, they 
she wants to know if they could do a follow-up on you know about both twins mm -hmm. and Jessica says that could be arranged and claims she's an expert negotiator and uh, she has some conditions for their reappearance she does and Foxy's willing to hear out her terms so she says all right shoot uh so Jessica says we get our own hair and makeup guy and Foxy's like no so she's like no <laughs> Foxy's like no <laughs> so her, her last ditch attempt is a free copy of your tell-all autobiography and Foxy kind of thinks it over for a second and she's like okay but in paperback and I don't have to sign it <laughs> so she goes deal and they shake on it <laughs> and then the camera just starts rolling they're like, like you're back on air backstage like it's a shambles <laughs> lads. seriously I just I'm running out of ways to describe what a mess this show is <laughs> like did they you know this oh by the way were they they absolutely weren't mic'd up for any of this so I don't know how the sound was recorded <laughs> but um, at the beginning or now <laughs> but they uh yeah the, the cameras aren't rolling they're probably broadcasting again after a very long ad break I don't know uh, and Foxy reveals that uh, next week the camera will follow them to Jessica's hometown of Sweet Valley to see how alike they really are Ooh. and Jessica hilariously sort of strikes a pose for the cameras while Liz is just <laughs> horrified sort of shell-shocked looking down the camera like oh god what is happening <laughs> well we cut back to the Casadell Wakefield and Liz understandably gives out about being followed by a camera for a whole week and uh, Jessica reveals she's bribed everybody at school to play along with this <laughs> everyone at school really? everyone seems like a tall order doesn't it like teachers as well because once yes. again there were no adults present at any <laughs> oh, those, God, other, than, no. other than Foxy and the camera crew but as we know those guys are fucking law unto themselves um, <laughs> so, so Liz starts to she's kind of like as she's giving out to Jess she's like do you really think you can fool the entire show like this and Jessica just very witheringly is like babe the entire nation <laughs> <laughs> she's so confident yes. I, mean, I mean she's probably right in fairness uh, uh, but uh, Jessica or Liz points out that this is fraud for many many reasons <laughs> and uh, she wants to back out but Jessica uh, gets the phone and says look we'll both be in trouble if we you know if we pull out of this because you'll have to you know it'll look like you lied too and mm. um, so Liz is like fine but if we're doing this I'm not going your way you have to go mine yeah because Jessica tries to get Liz to put on this kind of like tiny red polka dot she calls it a top but it looked like it was a swimsuit I don't know uh, <laughs> and Liz is like no no you put this on and it's like a white cardigan so Jess is disgusted but yeah Liz quite rightly insists that just because we have to be alike doesn't mean we have to be like you exactly well at school uh, the next day, Lila tells Cheryl and Enid that tomorrow's the big day. And Enid says, very excitedly, Sherry Lewis and Lambchop are coming. And Cheryl just goes, why would you ask that? And Enid says, I can dream, can't I? I just, I just love the idea that she spends her days just hoping that she'll encounter Sherry Lewis and the puppet Lambchop. It's such a weird little puppet as well. <laughs> They did show that over here, listeners. It was one of those peculiarities that crossed the Atlantic. God. Yeah, it, oh, I just remember being very confused by it when I was small, just looking at it going, what the fuck is this weird little... What? And it's called, it is a lamb, but it's called lamb chop. I mean, very insensitive name. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, before uh, Enid could reveal more of her strange dreams and wishes, uh, Lila... Um, appears and uh, says she's going can't wait to debut her capucci suit but then the wind's taken out of her sails by kendra well this is it because as lila is even saying the words she kind of sees kendra and when she says capucci suit she's kind of saying it looking at kendra who is in fact wearing a capucci suit <gasps> and not only a capucci suit one with a unique bespoke matching bag yeah, poor Lila, her face is amazing all the way through this whole interaction. Yeah. She's like, she's kind of thrown herself back against the locker in horror and is just like, her face is frozen. But she's like, it comes with a matching purse. And Kendra reveals that it's one of a kind and that Capucci himself made it especially oh. for her. Couldn't you just die? And poor Lila looks like she is genuinely about to keel over. 
She does. And uh, she is hilariously horrified. And then Kendra, sort of with a glance at Lila, uh, says, it helps that I'm tall. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if someone has slagged off Lila before for being short, it was a Cheryl, actually, when they were being mean to Cheryl back at the start. And second, I've never really thought that Lila was small, but this is the second time someone's had a dig at her for being small. <laughs> and as someone who's five foot two, I am on your side, Lila. <laughs> Tiny girls stick together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Kendra has to go because she's late for her floral design class. And I mean, I guess it's implied that this is an extracurricular, but it would not surprise me that in the school where cardio funk is on the menu, cardio that this funk be on the trying to think of it. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, their after school activities are simply wild. <laughs> Well, after Kendra goes, Lila basically channels Sparks and says, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> and Enid says uh, she hasn't seen Lila like this since Bellbottoms came back in fashion. See, there we go. Actually, you know, re- referencing the 70s revival of the 90s. Yeah, it did happen. <laughs> but uh, Lila says it calls for her secret weapon. Yes, so she pulls her uh, her phone out of her locker, uh, dials a number furiously, and then the phone rings, and very sweetly she goes, hello, daddy. <laughs> so she is on the phone to George, so she's going to get some results here. Well, we then cut to Foxy, who is at school with the twins, and says that she wants them to be exactly alike all day. I mean, not a mention of school authorities, who she got permission from to film this Filming insanity. Like, absolutely not. But also, hilariously, both twins are dressed like Liz, and for a second I actually wasn't sure which was which. Same! I had to sort of look closely at the hair, because yeah. it's... Uh, it's it's a pretty good uh, matchy matchy outfit. They're wearing it different is. colors, but mm. it's basically the same jumper. It's uh, or same outfits. It's like short sleeve jumpers over poofy white shirts. Wow, they really were watching Seinfeld. There you Got go. The poofy <laughs> shirts on. <laughs> so Jessica, uh, I guess they're filmed. They're they're on air or they're recording. Who the hell knows? Uh, Jessica says, well, it's morning. So in the morning, uh, the, you know, her usual routine is hanging out and gossiping. And actually, I do love how Liz handles everything in this, because when Jessica reveals that, Liz says, oh, well, I usually go to the school uh, paper um, to, the, you know, to to work in the office. And Jessica hastily changes her tune. <laughs> Oh, yes. She goes, oh, oh, yeah, me too. So Liz then is like, oh, well, I'd love to see the office. So Jessica just kind of <laughs> chances her arm and like pulls open her door and she's like, here we go. And it's a broom closet, of course, and not actually the Oracle. Uh, so she's like, God, you know, it's amazing what we can do in such tight quarters. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is quite funny because I suppose because Foxy made such a point of saying at first that, you know, the reason America loves twins is because they're alike in every single way. So you have to agree with each other on all things for this whole thing basically so yeah so every time Jessica says something Liz is like oh but I usually do something like boring and more like Liz (laughs) so Jess has to keep kind of course correcting the entire way through but uh, but they do eventually find themselves in the actual Oracle offices at some point they do and uh, when they get there Jessica tells a random bloke that she loved uh, his article on, on El Salvador and then Liz says something which I could not make out even though I rewound it like mm. three times oh, could you yeah. tell what it was yeah he was a repairman oh <laughs> which is why Jessica's then like yes we have a diverse range of voices here at the article we want everyone's point of view <laughs> so she covers pretty well in fairness <laughs> She does, but then she sits on a computer, which is a very old school Apple Macintosh, uh, and just sort of hits random keys. And it's like work, 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 right, right, right. And uh, Liz is like, yeah, you know, I do it too, this too, but I like to turn on the computer. And Jessica's like, it's little differences that make us interesting. <laughs> she kind of tries to turn on the computer as well, and then just by like tapping the screen and kind of hitting the side of it trying to find a button any button but yeah it's not really going well for her (laughs) and then Liz asks Jessica about the circulation um, of the oracle and Jessica is like oh how's her circulation how's my circulation well it's good but you know sometimes if I sit funny during Melmo's place my leg falls asleep (laughs) and Foxy then asks uh, takes the mic and asks Liz what her favourite school subject is and she says English and uh, Jessica agrees she does she's like oh my god me too I use it almost every day (laughs) I have to say that almost makes that a good joke it does and also it's 
it could potentially also be a throwback to her sudden fluency in Spanish when she started auditioning yeah. the Wizard of Oz en Espanol out of nowhere from her tapes. <laughs> so, you know, we, there's things we don't know about Jessica. <laughs> claro que sí. <laughs> well, we, uh, we then uh, cut to the moon beach and uh, Liz, or Jessica is showing in Liz and the camera crew and uh, says she loves Moon Beach and the cheeseburgers are amazing and Liz says I'm a vegetarian and Jessica's like oh I mean the cheese fries but uh, Liz has some more dietary restrictions she does she then Liz then reveals oh you know I don't eat fried foods uh, so Jessica's kind of like casting around desperately so she's like um milkshakes and Liz just kind of shakes her head again so she's like right no dairy okay <laughs> but um all this is kind of happening and Winston is behind the counter very adorably waving at the camera looking all excited <laughs> extremely cute <laughs> so yes Jessica orders some beet juice from Winston and uh with Jessica or Liz says oh uh you know this guy reminds me of my boyfriend at home uh you know just basically suggesting like I guess he's your boyfriend and Jessica's like Ugh, disgusting but then realizes what she's doing and says but I mean that in the positive sense of the word so Foxy has a demand yes she she wants her camera crew to zoom in for a shot of the happy couple kissing so the camera crew all like pull way closer like very dramatically and it then goes to hilariously it's Winston like leaning over the counter like ready for a kiss so he's got his eyes closed and the lipstick <laughs> and it's so good <laughs> and Jessica just gives him a peck and says you better not tell anyone about this and Winston again great delivery is like I don't need to it's going to be on TV <laughs> and just like a huge, huge grin on his face to camera it's wonderful <laughs> so uh, uh, then Foxy says well you better you know you better drink your beet juice you're gonna need your strength uh, and Liz reveals why because after lunch what she usually does is uh, go to the blood bank and donate a pint or two <laughs> God, the way they kind of word it makes it sound like this is what she does every day. And it's like, I, know. I don't think you can do that every day. Liz. <laughs> Pretty sure there's rules around these things. <laughs> um, well, it's uh, she takes Jessica to do it uh, because we cut to the Casa del Wakefield where Liz, or Jessica is enraged. But a blind Liz says, you know, I'm just being myself. And Jessica reveals she... Don't gave half her blood, did a walkathon, and she had giving be... like you would pass out yeah. doing a walkathon after giving blood. Jesus, they make you lie down for a while. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, she did a walkathon uh, for four hours. Apparently, mm. that's a lot. It is. And worst of all, she was nice to Winston. <laughs> I love that. That was like the crowning kind of insult of the day. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she's had it with this nonstop goodwill and charity. Just it's just sick, she says. <laughs> she's fully fed up. But Liz reassures her that you know it's almost over. Tomorrow's the last day. So Jessica is begging at this point. She's like, you know, sister to sister, please do me a favor. Just tell Foxy that tomorrow is the day that you just sip iced tea by the pool. And Liz is like, I'll do what I can. <laughs> And then we cut to Liz to ca speaking to camera saying, I like to do what I can uh, <laughs> to give back to the community. And they're at the car wash. Hooray. At the so, car wash, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. So yeah, Jessica's there. She's like, yes, I love helping people. Washing cars. <laughs> this is great. And of course, it's Winston's car that she's having to wash while wearing like a shower cap over her little plaits. So she is not having a good time. Why is she wearing the shower hat, I wonder? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> No one else is wearing a shower hat. I know. <laughs> but uh, Lila turns up and orders a car wash from uh, Enid and Cheryl, who are manning the the, the pay desk. Mm -hmm. And she's happy because uh, finally she's free of Kendra. And again, Enid's great. She goes, oh my gosh, you killed her? <laughs> Lila's like, let's just say there isn't much that daddy wouldn't do for his little girl. So again, Enid's like, oh my God, your dad killed her. <laughs> And uh, Lila's like, no, he just transferred her Kendra's dad to another office. And then says, what have I told you about watching too much Scooby-Doo? I love that. I love that there's like, yeah, an, an allusion to like an Enid Lila friendship that we don't see very much of. <laughs> yes, I really enjoy all of this. Yeah. 
So then Kendra appears and says, sadness, sadness. Uh, she's leaving Sweet Valley. And uh, Lila magnificently says, kill drag. <laughs> yeah, but she uh, she very kindly reassures Kendra that she's heard this fab shopping uh, in Beirut. <laughs> but it turns out Kendra's not going to Beirut. <laughs> no, Kendra quite happily reveals that thanks to George, uh, her and her dad are moving to Paris. And Edith's like, oh, wow, you've always wanted to live there, haven't you, Lila? <laughs> Lila's amazing while Enid is saying that. Yeah. She does this really like angry pointing at Enid to try and shut her up. And just her face is so cross. She's so cute <laughs> and so funny. <laughs> well, Kendra has to, can't revel in Lila's misery for long. She has to pack because her daddy insists that they make it to Paris in time for the Capucci show. Oh, of course, that's the final straw for Lila. So as Kendra struts away happily, Lila just faints uh, across both, I think, Lila, <laughs> both Cheryl and Enid's laps. She's just, it's all too much in the end for her. <laughs> Poor Lila. No. Well, then we cut back to a cheery Liz who tells Jessica on camera that a whole load of horse trailers have come in and hands Jessica a shovel claiming, I love horse poop. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's the well, final yeah. straw for Jessica. It is. This final straw is everywhere at this point. So Jessica <laughs> eventually just breaks. So she just admits the truth. She says, we're, we're, we weren't separated at birth. We've lived together forever. She's like, I hate these clothes. I hate good deeds. And I hate being on TV. Arrest me. I'm a fraud. <laughs> and she keeps putting her hat, like she puts her hands out to have them put in cuffs, which is kind of hilarious. It's like, give me my jumpsuit. I'm ready for jail. <laughs> yeah, and everyone, everyone's kind of people have gathered. I think behind her at this point, and they're laughing, and she's looking around. She's like, "What? Not everyone looks good in stripes, you know." <laughs> so she's still very upset by this whole thing. <laughs> but then Liz reveals all. Yeah, apparently the whole thing was a setup. Uh, so like <gasps> this whole episode they've been filming was a big prank on Jessica. Uh, because everyone apparently else was in on it as well. Uh, it's a bit I mean, confusing. that would explain how the school let them in. True. But even yes. then, that's still a bit weird to let oh. your students be pranked. Highly strange. Uh, yeah, so Foxy then does a piece to camera where she's talking about how this like practical joke episode will be airing next month. But it's like, but if you're saying it to... Is this for an ad? That like, the whole thing is very confusing. <laughs> Because she's saying it like they're live, but it's like, Foxy, please explain it to me. I'm very, I just, I don't understand. Well, Jessica tells Liz that she's so evil. And Liz says, we're more alike than we thought. (laughs) Jessica throws a sponge at her. And Foxy, ever the rabble rouser, is like, keep it up. Next week we're doing a show on sisters who don't speak to each other. And uh, <laughs> oh, very close to what we're uh, discussing in the main feed. Ooh. Wow. What with that yeah. in Long Island? Is this some sort of uh, TV <laughs> show main feed synergy, I wonder? <laughs> we keep having all these little moments of accidental synergy. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's never intentional, honestly. No. But yeah, they all kind not. of... Once, like, the first sponge is thrown, uh, they all start throwing sponges and water and stuff at each other and people are getting fired at with hoses and things. So it all breaks out into a big, good-natured, like, water fight, I guess. Yeah. It's the nearest thing we get to a montage in this episode, so I will take it. R.I.P. the montages. Uh, Well, you know, we've still got how many episodes do we have left? Mm, Three. We don't have many. Is it even three? Let's see. Sorry, I've got to scroll back. I want. I feel everybody needs to needs to be prepared because, especially <laughs> as we will not have Lila next season. Oh man, I'm gonna miss her so much. And also, oh. like with Bruce, I mean, they went to the trouble of oh. recasting him and then just like don't even use him. <laughs> so, like, what was the point? I know, and I mean, definitely, Wood uh, Bruce one was was very entertaining. And mm. they gave us two Bruce two, and they haven't even really done much with them. No, that's the thing. He's but, not even in most of the episodes. And then he's going to be replaced by Shred. Oh, look, this fucking show being run by fools. But yeah, no, I think it is three episodes that are left after this one. Because, oh yeah, this big water it fight is, was yeah. in fact the end of the episode, everybody. Oh yes, it was. It sort of ends with uh, with um, everybody joining in in this water fight. And uh, Winston's car presumably getting absolutely wrecked. Oh shit, the interior. Oh my God, poor Winston. Yeah, because it is a um, open top car. Hmm. Yes. So yes, that was uh, identical <laughs> opposites. I guess. 
It's quite I chaotic. Have, I have just more questions. The more we went through it, the more I, the less I understood, in fact. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I did enjoy it, but it was uh, it was chaotic. But there were some very nice uh, Enid and Lila moments hmm. and some very good comic acting from Brittany Daniels. So you know, I uh, will I'll let it go. Yeah, yeah. Even even episodes that were like, well, you know, there's been better ones. There's always something enjoyable in them, whether it's yeah, someone's timing or just you know, a good line delivery can do a lot for an episode. I will say that. <laughs> Well, Pie Beat Alpha Sisters, what did you think? You know where to get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram at SVH Podcast, where Neri Siren uh, asked the very good question, am I the only one who thinks this screenshot of Todd and Sam, who uh, Karen uh, screencapped them facing off against each other, <laughs> would make a fabulous YA rom-com book cover? Anyone would want to help me brainstorm dirt bike puns for the title? Pippi Ann Shirley was happy to oblige. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. There was, oh God, there was... A good few suggestions I feel like here but yeah. yes uh, love on the tracks uh, but then she thought it might have been too train evoking Hot Wheels maybe too adult <laughs> um, but uh, yeah then what was with that oh yeah Neri then said that she was trying to think of something like Dirty Dancing but with dirt biking Racing Hearts was already an SVH title yeah. uh, Ruth K83 chimed in then saying Bruce won't be happy as we're stealing his book title but how about Head Over Wheels oh <laughs> Uh, well, a lot of people enjoyed the the chaos of this episode. Uh, Katie Logsdon said, The nonsensical melodramatic chaos of this episode sent me riding a motorcycle into a park, hating your sister's boyfriend for no reason. Two dirt bikers who are dating twin sisters but clearly have more chemistry with each other. This is high art. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't just me that wanted uh, Todd and Sam to kiss because that little face up was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it <was>. <laughs> So I loved the, uh, the the comments on Sam or Sham, as mm. he has been dubbed. Claire B. H. said, Sham is the woodenest actor ever. Uh, and his rendition was perfect. Thank you, Claire. He makes Todd look like Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> and then just applying saucer said, how is it possible in the picnic montage, which is in a park surrounded by trees, that Sham is the most wooden thing in Sham? <laughs> He pulls it off. You know, I don't know how, but he did it. He managed it. <laughs> oh, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters, you truly are the wind beneath our wings. We always absolutely love hearing from you. So uh, we really appreciate you supporting the show. So do let us know what you thought of uh, of this episode, because there was uh, it was... I mean, it, 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 I guess it, it, it was slightly, uh, it didn't have Sam in it, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, it's a relief, actually, because before we were like, oh, these episodes are all out of sync. It's terrible. Now it's like, oh, God, if we can avoid Sam, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Completely fine. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> well, Pie Beta Alpha Sisters, we will see you back in the in the clubhouse or in the we'll see you in the main feed mm. next week for the wedding now i have done a bit of reading of the wedding Ooh. and i'm very pleased to be able to tell you that pierre is back oh thank fuck for that cannot confirm whether the voice margot's Ooh. voice is back <laughs> well i'm glad i'm glad one of the two <laughs> reappears anyway because yeah that was that was weird that he just disappeared it, that whole so time. weird like i'm so like oh i'm a plot about i want my parents to get back together with no mention of the love that one of them had brought with them from france and prioritized over you Lila. Oh, I, mean, I know really? the, like the, the, the comedically ridiculous obstacle to her parents getting back together was Pierre and then yeah there was just literally no mention we can only presume he was just crying into the breakfast buffet at the Beverly Hills Hotel <laughs> all the way through the verdict there's simply no other explanation <laughs> I mean, I am. Uh, I, I was very pleased that he had returned. So we we'll we'll, we'll hope we'll that look. the, the ghostwriter <laughs> does it justice. I bet Francine actually read the book and the uh, verdict after it was published properly, and it was like, "Hang on, we're the first Pierre. <laughs> He's not in the story bible for no reason, you know." <laughs> 
Well, we'll find out what happens to Pierre at, uh, in The Wedding, um, which actually I think I said at the end of the last episode, I hoped that there'd be a sort of Dustin Hoffman at the graduate moment. Ooh. Now, when Pierre's back, I'm hoping maybe, like, maybe there actually will be. <laughs> it might be his time to shine. <laughs> but uh, so we will see you there. And actually, in, a, in another moment of synergy, we will see you back in the clubhouse in two weeks when we find out what happens when a war of vandalism in the lead up to the Big Valley versus Big Mesa game. Oh my goodness. SPH versus Big Mesa. It's all happening. It's happening in the uh, in the main feed, or it has been. I guess they all forgot about the actual feud once uh, you know, somebody died. Yeah, <laughs> some bigger picture stuff kind of kicked in around then. <laughs> But uh, by the way, this uh, can I share some of this blurb? Do you think? Mm. Yeah, we, we, well, half the time we forget to read them out, so I would say go for it. <laughs> okay, so here's the whole blurb. It's quite long, so it's probably wildly inaccurate. Oh, I can't but, wait to uh, see how wrong it is. <laughs> it says a war of vandalism is abound, abound, no less, in the lead up to the big Sweet Valley versus Big Mesa game, when Jessica draws first blood. Wow, Durana. Fucking hell. <laughs> There's inevitable retaliation. I'm not surprised. Jesus, what does she do? Does she murder someone? I can only assume. <laughs> oh my god! And then oh, it says, and when the Mesa school mascot is kidnapped, Winston is taken into custody. Also, wow, wow, into custody. <laughs> Custody also is someone else in custody. What's happening? This is just throwing up more questions. Mascot is, I guess. I oh. guess Winston is equated to the mascot. So I guess, yeah. Oh, and and as for a completely unrelated thing, right after that. Oh yeah, we're told all oh, this may cost Todd his dream job. What? what? <laughs> He's in school. Well, I mean, hang on. He's in school, but then Bruce is also in school and manages an entire diner. So this is why we haven't seen Bruce. He's too busy working with the admin of that fucking diner. <laughs> like he's got a business to run. He hasn't got time to be in school. <laughs> well, I mean, I my interest is uh, has been piqued. <laughs> I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what a deranged mess they make I'm, of all this. I'm excited. It's like if nothing else, we can always count on these episodes being an absolutely chaotic mess. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we love them. It's true. It's endearing. So yes, uh, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters, we will see you in the main feed next week when we're all invited to the wedding. Ooh. But we will see you in our cosy little winter clubhouse. We'll light a few candles. We'll uh, maybe we'll have a little, uh, little bonfire going on outside the clubhouse while we settle down to enjoy the drama of one big mesa. Ooh. Is that a pun? I have no idea. Really, I mean... <laughs> Who knows? They're, they've had some tortured funds in the past, but I guess we'll find out next week. There you go. It might become clear at some point in the episode. <laughs> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.